Hello, my name is Rita Balligan and you are listening to the Big Picture Podcast, a podcast where we dive deep into the minds of creative business owners and people who are striving in their careers. With every successful person, there is more than what meets the eye. There is a story, a bigger picture. And every week, I'll be finding out what that is, the how, the why, and when. Are you ready to be inspired? I am. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of my podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming back and chilling with me. Like, I'm really, really happy to have you here. Well, you're not really here technically, but I'm hoping you're listening at home. So it feels like we're together, you know, friends. Anyway, moving swiftly forward. So I'm on the fourth episode and we're at the end of the year. And it's got me thinking about what my year has been like, um, the lessons that I've learned. Um, and it's been it's been intense. It's been a crazy year. So as I feel, as I was reflecting, it led me to my my word of the day. So to describe my year, I'm going to use this word, arduous. My year has been arduous. And what does arduous mean, you ask? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it means hard. It means difficult. This year has been the hardest year of my life. But at the same time, it's been a really, it's been the best year because there has been so many lessons that have been learned, like so many lessons. And I feel like I'm at the end of the year now and I feel like I've grown so much. I feel like I have more wisdom. I feel like I have less fear because when the worst things that could possibly happen have happened, it makes you feel like, well, why am I holding back doing the things I want to do? Because anything can happen regardless. So this year has been very challenging. It's been very arduous, but oh, I love the way I slipped that word in. Wow, that's a beautiful word, arduous. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's been very arduous, but <laughs> it's been a learning year. And I'm hoping that 2019 is epic. It's great. And all the seeds have been sown. And, you know, I'm just a new woman now. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I can truly say that I am an adult. You know why? Because I've gone through some arduous stuff. Oh, I slipped it in there again. All right. <laughs> Moving forward. <laughs> Moving forward. Um, this episode, um, I'm really excited because <laughs> this guest, we randomly met at a birthday party for one of our friends. And we just clicked because she decided that she wanted to be my wing woman. And I just feel like someone who is like that is someone you should keep around. Someone who is passionate for the cause. <laughs> so true. <laughs> but she is also the absolute renaissance woman. Um, she does so many things and she's a creative at heart. And I just feel like it's important to talk to creatives as well. Creatives as well. Um, so, my guest today is called Basma Khalifa. Welcome, girl. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Just just being on board, just the way you yeah. were on board. I mean, I when... love this. I was like, Can I, when, when am I getting on this? <laughs> <laughs> you just were like, you just agreed to it. Just yeah. the way you agreed to be my wing woman. But I also time. just think like, you're doing something that's cool. I want to always support people that are doing stuff. And you're yeah. a hard ass businesswoman. And I've something girl. I've always respected about you from the beginning oh. that I'm like, she works thank you and it's so i think as women we should always be like yeah like well done you as soon yes. as you put up your first episode i was like listening on right i know now. you've and i was like oh <laughs> i put up straight away and i was like here. 
That is so nice. I was so nervous as well no, putting out the first so good. episode. You and your like smooth galaxy sounding <laughs> voice. Like honestly. <laughs> oh, but I'm so excited to have you here today because you literally do so much yeah. you know like it's crazy the times that we're in because when I was um training to be an actress in New York um one of the things our teachers said to us was like if you can do anything else but acting you shouldn't act wow and I remember thinking to myself okay wow I can't do huh. anything else all I can do is acting because I, I love acting and that's all I want to do. Oh, wow. So I can't do anything else. So this was like, I don't know, 18 year old me in New York thinking, I can't do anything else. That's but such act. a punchy statement. Yeah, it's a really, really wow. punchy statement. And it was, that's, I mean, it was, that was what the mentality was. It was mm. like, if I want to be an actor, I can't do anything else. So even mm. when I was looking at other jobs to do and other things to do, it was always very casual jobs. And you yeah. would find, I mean, I think it's changed a little bit more now, but you would find like back then, a lot of actors didn't have a solid job. Right. It was very right. either a call center mm -hmm. or just something that's flexible, leafleting, yeah. you know, going up to people on Oxford yeah, Street. So you can do say, everything, so you can go to auditions so you and can, stuff. So it's flexible, yeah. you know. But now, fast forward to 2018, um, it's about how much you can do. Like yeah, it's exactly. about, it really is. You know, it it's really about is. being the being a jack of all trades. Yeah. Like literally, mm -hmm. you know. And so that get, I guess that leads me on to my first question, which yeah. is before we even get into the, you know what? Actually, <laughs> let's start with who you are, and then we're gonna lead into what the stuff that you do. So who is Basma? Oh, what? I actually have never been asked that, like that straightforward before. I've never had someone be like, who are you? Who are you? Um, <laughs> good question. Um, by accent, I am Irish with a little bit of Scottish. By <laughs> ethnicity, I am Sudanese. Mm -hmm. by, uh, by birth origin, I am from Saudi Arabia. Wow. Um, and by location, I am London. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So I am, yeah, I, who am I is a very, it's always been a very interesting question. But I think that I, yeah, I'm a girl of the world, I guess. Mm. Lots of different places. So where did you grow up? Grew up in Northern Ireland. Okay, so when did you come over to London? Uh, I came over to London about six years ago, was it now? About six years ago, yeah. So I grew up in Northern Ireland and then I went to uni and a little bit of high school in Scotland. So mm. I've had like a mix of both accents. Um, yeah, I haven't lived in London that long, but I moved to London for work, yeah. So I've been here ever since. I did a little bit of stint in New York before I did London. So oh, I lived really? in New York for a little while as well. How long yeah. were you in New York for? Only like six months, but it felt like a lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> I was there for two years. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, I could, I like six months and I was like, okay. Really? I'm good. But yeah. it's a lot like London though. It's a lot like London, but it's, and my viewpoint on that is if it's a lot like London, why wouldn't I just do London? Fair point. Like I, I loved New York and I loved the vibe, but I was just, I found it really, really exhausting. And maybe I was a bit too young to be there. I was really, yeah. I was like, 2021 20, I think okay, yeah. it was a bit too much too soon um, mm -hmm. I think London's the right bridge mm -hmm. never say never to New York again but not anytime soon no I don't <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what you what you do so because yeah. um, hmm. when I was thinking about like who are you yeah you know when we were talking earlier you do styling yeah stylist so you're a stylist yes but then you've also just um, finished 
doing a documentary. Yeah, she filmed a documentary. Just casual. So just, uh, casual. just casual. So it's like those are two yeah. completely different <laughs> yeah. industries, right? Yeah. So if someone's they doing are, a documentary, yeah. you would think they studied journalism, mm-hmm. right? I did not. Which you didn't. So mm-hmm. what did you study? So I studied fashion business, mm-hmm. um, but I graduated from a business school. So I, you know, I studied marketing and finance and la la la, and then with fashion segments in it which was like learning how to design and how to make outfits and make a collection so mm-hmm. dressmaking effectively mm-hmm. um so i did that in glasgow uh from there i actually decided that i thought i wanted to do pr so oh. i moved to new york to do pr oh, um wow. i worked for kelly catrone who at the time was on the hills so mm-hmm. i was part of that whole sag i know i was part of that I whole i was in the city for a little segment oh um God. So yeah, I was in the hills, in the city, sorry. And then I worked with Jeremy Scott a lot wow. um, and his publicist. We did Miami Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week, London Fashion Week. And then I was like, I don't even like PR. I just don't even like this. Wow. It just wasn't suited to my personality. Wow, like yeah. I didn't want to sit. I had this huge bugbear about sitting at a desk and promoting other people's passions, mm-hmm. which was what I felt it was. Yeah, I have so much respect for PR now and lots of PRs are my best friends and I think mm. they're incredible. Yeah. I think I might be inherently too selfish to be PR. Right. Because <laughs> it's all about someone else or something else. Yeah, yeah. And I m- kind of was like, well, what about me? Mm. Which I, it maybe could be seen as selfish, but also could be like, I didn't feel like I was serving myself no, in yeah, doing that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I kind of like left um, left PR. Mm-hmm. I went into editorial um, and I moved back to London and I did a, set, a stint of celebrity PR but decided that people PR wasn't for me either. Yeah. It was, I'd rather work for a brand if I was doing PR than people PR. Mm-hmm. And then from then I went into magazines. So I was a fashion assistant, fashion intern and then fashion features assistant and I did around, I did Harper's Bazaar, I did Netta Porter, I did ES Magazine, I did Insta Magazine. I did Vogue magazine. I did everything. I did wow. all the magazines. Yeah, there's very few magazines I didn't work at. Um, uh, my from my last couple of years, I did Insta for a year mm-hmm. um, as fashion assistant, and and then I did L for a little bit, and then I did Insta magazine for a year, and then I went freelance. Wow. Um, so then I went freelance as a fashion stylist, and it's funny because I was a fashion assistant, and the day I went freelance as a fashion stylist, all my friends, my peers, were like. What, so you're just going to call yourself a fashion stylist? Uh, uh, yeah. I was like, well, um, uh, as opposed to what? And they were like, but you're like an assistant. And I was like, listen, no one in freelance, no one's going to graduate me to my next career yeah, level. Yeah. This isn't like I'm waiting for a promotion from myself. Yeah. If I'm going to call myself a fashion stylist, then I'm a fashion stylist. Yeah. Like, I'm going to call myself whatever I want to. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It is me. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm a fashion stylist. That's what I want to be. So, um, yeah, I went into styling. I obviously still did a bit of assisting to kind of like bridge the gap financially and mm-hmm. um, assisted for ages. Then I went on to styling. I did lots of incredible styling jobs and then slowly went into doing real people, as we like to call them, mm-hmm. um, not just models and did a lot of commercial work, so I've worked for a lot of brands. You know, okay, like, so name some of those brands. Um, name drop. Name drop. So I've done a, I've done quite a lot of like I've done Samsung, I did Kellogg's, I've done Surf, I've done Coca Cola, I've done done a lot of brands. Um, and then I've also done a lot of celebrities. Mm-hmm. What's amazing about all the magazines that I worked as is that I did celebrities. One of my favorite gigs on like in my whole life will always be Adele at the Brit Awards the wow. year that she won everything I was part of that styling team wow. I remember meeting Adele she was like hi I'm Adele and I was like yeah I know <laughs> like <laughs> I know and I remember watching her on stage because we obviously were in her green room with her and then 
watching her win awards and just like Drake and Rihanna walked past me and I was like, oh. <laughs> so it was like the best moment. So I'm lucky to have done, you know, I did like Pharrell Williams and Taylor Swift and Rita Ora and Naomi Campbell and Adele. Yeah. I've done a lot of celebrities. Um, but ultimately it wasn't serving me doing celebrities. Mm-hmm. I never felt the hype. Like it was Adele probably was not even from a, a fan point of view, but how humble she was. Yeah. It was actually so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I kind of was like, okay, well, I got to earn money because I got bills to pay and I can't eat beans and toast for the rest of my life. Right. So I, um, yeah, I did. I The commercial jobs obviously pay more. Commercials always pay more. Um, they aren't cool. They aren't glamorous. They mm. aren't amazing, but they pay way more. And actually, I like working on those because I feel like I'm allowed to just have fun with it. And I'm allowed yeah. to like express myself a little bit. Um, I still do a lot of uh, creative work. Yeah. I did the Black Panther. Campaign. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> talk about that. Yeah, like, I was gonna say. Um, I mean, a lot of people listening will probably think, "Oh, okay, well, you know, how would I? What do I know? How do mm. I know at work and stuff like that?" Mm. So, if you saw the campaign with if the you little were alive, kids, <laughs> you were alive, <laughs> and you saw the campaign of the little kids dressed as um, the characters from Black Panther. Basma. I did that. That was Basma. Yeah, I styled you know. that. That was our little. So you baby. Uh, mentioned that that was a passion project. Yeah, it was actually a passion project by um, a lady called Selma Nichols, who owns an agency called um, Looks Like Me, mm-hmm. and she um, she just wanted to do it because she wanted her daughter to see visibility for herself yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the most sweetest little scenario. We, me, Asiko, um, Nene, who's incredible, who works at We Are Stripes, she put it all together, and. Um, it was just us and a makeup mm. artist and we had these little kids who were literally from Tottenham mm-hmm. and we did it in Selma's front room which she turned yeah. into a little studio mm-hmm. all these kids were coming after school in their school uniform Aww. I dressed them up we put um, little art makeup on them they stood against the wall and it was the tiniest little thing afterwards everyone went home and we got our jerk chicken and <laughs> sat and chatted yeah. not knowing what was going to happen and then suddenly it went, it went beyond viral it was mental it was on Lapita put it on her Instagram and Snoop Dogg and P. Diddy and ah. it was but for me at the beginning it was always like oh people don't really know we did this mm. and I find that really frustrating and then so how does that feel as a creative to have your work out there it but was for you not oh, to be credited for it was it? hard yeah. It was really, really hard. It was a re- if I'm really honest, it was a hard pill to swallow to be like, oh, like I did that, and I saw that the photographer was getting quite a lot of credit, and obviously Selma should because it was her idea. Um, but I was like, oh well, I I worked really hard on this. Like I made those kids look that way. I get everything else is amazing, but I was part of that team. Yeah. But after a while, I kind of was like, you know what? This isn't for. This isn't about me. Mm-hmm. It isn't about me. Yeah, I created it. Yeah, great what I did. But actually, we did it for the purpose to serve the kids. It right. was about them. It was never about us. Mm-hmm. And if they can get that visibility and it gets the message across, like people in like Jamaica were using it to raise money for charity. Wow. Like if that comes across, mm-hmm. then I don't care. I don't I don't need the kudos. I had one, I can't even, it's so bad that I don't remember her name. There was a One Tree Hill um, actress who has like 2.5 million followers and she direct messaged me and she was like, I know you did it. And wow. you've no idea what you did. And you're incredible. And actually that one kind of like thing was enough. And my wow. friends and family knew. But I think that that for me sort of actually started off my career of thinking, okay, what else can I do? Mm. Because I think that I find 
fashion and find what I was doing in fashion quite vacant. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something that meant something to me or meant something to someone else. Like right. it had to, there has to be substance. There has to be more to this. Yeah. So that's how TV started. Wow, so we're going to pause because <laughs> that's a whole other chapter. Yeah. But what I wanted to actually ask was, obviously you went from working as a fashion assistant mm-hmm. to becoming a freelance yeah. um, stylist. Mm-hmm. And that that's a big, it's a big trend. jump. It's a big jump. Mm-hmm. So what I'm curious about is, what was that jump like? Because obviously you've, you've enjoyed some great success. Yeah. Um, for making that jump but, but I've I'm also sure suffered some, great some challenges yeah, oh, yeah so I would love to see like yeah. talk about you know what challenges you did have from going from being paid regularly as being a fashion assistant to now yeah. doing it yourself number one is finance yeah I until this day I'm not gonna lie I don't earn a, I don't earn a lot of money yeah. I'm still thinking how am I gonna pay my taxes at the end of January yeah. I don't earn money yeah yeah um creatively you can earn an incredible amount of money but it takes a long time to get there mm-hmm. or you have to be the right place at the right time right to go transitioning to freelance i learned very quickly that you always 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 have to have a bank of money mm-hmm. that you can use to mm-hmm. sort of fall back on if anything happens so right. i always from the beginning said okay i'll have a thousand pounds in my account in case anything happens i've got this thousand pounds yeah important it's so important to just have some stability mm-hmm. um i worked out straight away how to register as self a self-employed which is really important that you yeah, do yeah for your tax return mm-hmm. that is a minefield i literally just finished my tax return yesterday because i do it by myself i don't even i don't even pay an accountant to do, oh, it, wow, do, it, myself. You do it yourself do it myself yeah, is it quite easy to do it yourself it's so easy it really is. It's just time consuming. Okay. And boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's not that hard. Okay. I got but I would I rang, you know, I'd ra- ring HMRC and ask them questions like how much can I put, you know, against my tax for my rent or my bills or my phone bill? Like mm-hmm. how much can I tax deduct? So you have to do all those lessons. And then the other thing I'd say is that before I went freelance, I made sure that one I had all the contacts I needed. So I made sure that all my friends in the industry that knew I was going freelance, I made sure I copied and pasted all their email addresses into my own personal email. Mm-hmm. I made sure everyone knew I was freelance. I built a website before I went freelance mm-hmm. to make sure I had something to launch. I also made sure that while I was in full-time employment, I was testing, which is something fashion editors, assistants, stylists yeah. do, right, right, right. which is where you put your own shoots together. And everyone kind of just works together everyone works together pay, basically. right yeah you don't get paid at all mm-hmm. I've never been paid for a test but you create things so people know what your aesthetic is as a stylist mm-hmm. so I made sure that I was testing testing all the time so that people knew who I was um, you have it's so important styling is so important because it's based on your personality it's a very mm-hmm. per, it's per, no two sides are the same mm-hmm. so I made sure that I'd done enough so that when I went freelance I was like okay you know what I've got my ducks in a row yeah. and all I need to do is now just try and navigate it all but I'm not gonna lie yeah there was the, I'd do months without work mm. the months would go past and I'd be like I haven't worked I need to just at least pick up assisting jobs I was picking up a hundred pounds here a hundred pounds there and yeah. I would you know like ring my mum and dad and be like I don't know what to do but I never ever took money from them because I was like I have to bear the consequences of this decision mm. but yeah there's great highs there's incredible highs but yeah. the lows I think if I'm really honest, to be freelance, you have to be a certain kind of personality. Yeah. And that's to be a personality that's able to be like, I've got myself. Yeah. And I can handle myself. Right. Because when you're at home in your bed thinking, I don't have any work booked in for the next however long and I haven't worked in a month, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? That you can pick yourself up and be like, okay, 
I can try this. I can contact this person. I can put this t- test together. I can research this. I can, and even if you don't do something to do with your career, get up and go to the gym. Mm. Get up and go for a walk. Get up and cook some food. Yeah, yeah. I always made sure until this day, as a freelancer, I will always get up and out of my bed at seven thirty eight a.m. latest. Wow. No matter if I'm not working. I'm up, I'm out, my teeth are brushed. Even if I stay in my pajamas for a little bit, I'm up. Yeah. Because it's a working day. Yeah. yeah. And I should That's how never. you kind of have to just... Yeah. The mentality has to be in place that you're a working woman I'm a working man. You've, you're you an adult. Get mm-hmm. out of bed. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously days where I like grab my laptop yeah, from my desk yeah, yeah, and yeah, sit in my a, bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just the idea that... Yeah. You just have to make sure you're active exactly. every day Always so you don't active. kind of fall into this mood of, oh my gosh. Exactly. It's kind of quite similar, you know, actors as well. Yeah. You know, you sometimes you have loads of auditions. Yeah. Sometimes you Nothing. have none. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you book it and sometimes yeah. you don't. Yeah. So you have to find a way to kind of, you know, keep yourself yeah. keep exactly. yourself going. How did you, so what was the first job you got as a, as a freelance stylist? Gosh, that you I can't even, you got that paid. I got myself and I got paid. Um... <laughs> But I can't actually even remember. I did so many tests and I was assisting for quite a long time. So I'd do a lot of, I would go a lot away on a lot of trips still assisting. Mm-hmm. And then I went back into Elle magazine for a little while for a couple of months. And then I went back and in and out. I think probably it was some maybe a phone company of some sort. The other thing that I'd say is getting freelance gigs when you're, a freelancer is the big the biggest thing people struggle with. They're like, yeah. how, do I get, how do I get jobs? Yeah. Use your resources. So I would research production companies. Okay. I would find out people's names. Make sure your LinkedIn is always updated. Make yeah, sure you, you keep posting on your LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, I can't. I always contact people on LinkedIn. I'm forever on there just adding people that I like the find <laughs> of their titles. Just add people to your network. Okay, question, next question. I mean, so what do you say? Just in case anyone's listening and they want to, they do want to get into fashion styling, like to just because I know with yeah. as an actor, if you're gonna do that, you would just kind of, hey, my name's Rita. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, my name's Rita. Yeah. Um, I love your work. You 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 make it personal. You don't just yeah. do, send a generic email. You no. make it personal. Oh, I love the fact that you cast mm-hmm. this show. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. Blah 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 blah. Um, I'm just emailing you to send over my showreel and my CV, mm-hmm. and hopefully, if you're casting for anything, I will just hope that you think of me. So pretty is it mu- quite yeah, similar? It's pretty much the same. Make sure you make it personal. Mm-hmm. Make sure you write the right person's name at yeah. the top of that thing, uh-huh. and make sure that you um, make sure that you keep it short. Yeah. No one has time to, to read like your life story. In the beginning, this is yeah. what I did. <laughs> like you don't I don't need your life story. Like yeah. even when assistants contact me now, mm-hmm. I I just need where you've worked, mm-hmm. how long how long you've been an assistant for, mm-hmm. and when you're free. Mm. I don't need your life story. If I want to like I will always need to know what your experience is. Yeah. So don't come at me and be like, I'm a fashion assistant. I'm free to work for you. Because uh, I'll always be like, okay. <laughs> Did you give yourself that title, or do you have the? Do you, have you actually have worked. you done it? Yeah. And if they're like, and if they say no, I haven't actually been a fashion assistant before, but I want to be, I'd be like, okay, cool. But so that you're you're at intern level, great. I need an intern. Yeah. So, I would always say, I shoot your shot. Like mm, contact this. Yeah, contact those people you want to contact. Like yeah. if they don't reply, they don't reply. If you yeah. feel like you know they haven't replied in a few months and you know you want to you get in touch again and be like hi I just want to touch base yeah, just yeah. checking that you got this um, people are always looking for people mm. but people don't have time now to research people this is it yeah. I, I, so many even me when I need an assistant mm. I'm like 
Uh, and I'll just text a friend and be like, do you have someone? Hmm. I very rarely go out looking or advert. I don't advertise because then I don't have time to like go through, go it, all. through it all. So I'll just ask my friend. Hmm. So yeah. That's good to know. Very, yeah. very good to know. Okay, so we've got you on the fashion style yeah. and stuff. So you then said that, okay, you decided, okay, what else can I do? So you decided to go TV, yeah. the TV route. The TV route. So you've just finished filming a documentary. Yes, So I talk have. to us about what that process was like filming a documentary. Because again, that's yeah. another, it's quite an intense thing to do. Yeah, and it's very alien. Mm. Here's the thing. I finished freelancing. Didn't finish freelancing. I'm still freelance stylist. So I finished assisting and I finished being at magazines and I did my stint of freelancing um, as a stylist and for me I was like okay well I don't feel fulfilled mm. I feel like there's more to me there's more I can do here mm. I've, I have I almost felt like I was like I have more to give to the world than this right. and I'm not doing myself any justice and I'm not doing anyone else any justice because I'm just silent mm. so for TV for me I'd always I had always you remember Blue Peter yeah so I my yearbook at high school I had most likely to be a Blue Peter presenter because <laughs> um, I always loved the idea of presenting I loved yeah. it but for re- some reason in my head I was like nah like I don't even know how I would start that so yeah. let me just go into fashion yeah I don't know how that was even any easier <laughs> but um yeah I was always like no I don't know what to do but then when I went into TV I was like okay well let me look at how this is done and what I thought about what I thought from the beginning was that I wanted to make sure that I never did anything that wasn't true to me. Mm. I never wanted to be on like a show where I would teach people how to wear things and I would teach people what to do. I wanted to, I wanted to produce something with meaning. So I always said, I will never do TV until I know what my voice is. Because mm. in this day and age, you need to have a voice. Yeah, I need yeah. to be a distinct voice. Yeah. So I was like, I'll wait, I'll figure it out over time. And it, I, I took, it took me three years to figure it out. Okay. So I started thinking of doing TV about three years ago. Um, I started thinking of ideas of things I'm interested in. What I do is I'd watch loads of documentaries and people I admired. I would look through their whole career, how they started, how they found out, who they worked with. Mm-hmm. When I decided that I wanted to start doing TV, I was like, "How does this? I was like, "How does this yeah. work? What do you do?" I started contacting the broadcasters. Like I'd go to like the BBC and be like, "Hi, like, oh. um, I want to be a presenter." Obviously, no one replied. Um, <laughs> Because I was like, I don't know how to do this. But yeah. then what I learned quick, actually, is that if you don't talk about what you want to do... No one can help you. No one can help you. That is such a strong, like, statement because yeah. it's so true. Like, we spend so much time being scared about talking about what we want to do, but we don't realise that if you don't say anything, then no one can help you, you no know? One can help you. It's only when you speak and you're like, I want to do this, and someone can be like, oh, well, I know someone who does that, right? you know? And that's my thing. That's exactly what happened to me. Wow. As soon as I started being like, you know what? Maybe if I just speak about it, put it into the world, let's see what happens. And I did. Mm-hmm. I started speaking about it, but I was very I was very protective of my little baby. Like, yeah. it was my thing. I didn't want anyone to be like, who does she think she is? Yeah. So I didn't want to really talk about it. I was just a bit scared of it. But then I thought, you know what? I'll just say something. Mm. So I did. I just started talking. When I was on set, I would talk to people. And when I was like on jobs, I would talk to people. And eventually, people were like, oh, you should speak to this agent or you speak to this person. Or I've got a friend who's done this. I've got a friend who's done that. And I would just slowly have these like conversations. But it was yeah. just conversations. And I was getting kind of like, wasn't really getting anywhere. Yeah. Then I, I think I got a reply. Oh, so I was on a job. And um, a job 
uh, I was shooting for Grazia magazine and um, someone said to me, a girl on the job, she was the agent of one of the talent on the job and she said, why don't you get a showreel together? Because how are you going to tell people that you want to be a presenter if no one has seen you present? Yeah, true. I was like, oh, I didn't, what's a showreel? She was like, okay, Google it, then maybe contact this company that can make you one, but it's quite expensive. <laughs> So I contacted this company and they were like, it'll cost you £800 to make a showreel. And I was like, £800! But this was before like people knew how to friggin' use those little like yeah, yeah, yeah. iMovie. If I would have known about iMovie. Yeah. <laughs> like at the time I was like, okay, I've just got to save up money and I've got to do this. So they, they bought down to 600 But yeah, I did it. I made a showreel. Um, and then I used that showreel to then contact people. I then sent the showreel to the BBC actually. And he was like, listen, I like you. But you need to find a production company. That's how it's done. You find a production company and, and they pitch for com- you. Yeah. I didn't know that. No one told me that. Wow. Yeah. So I contacted lots of different production companies and eventually um, one replied to me. He was incredible. Mickey Minstrati. He's done a lot of, he does a lot of BBC Three. Um, did a lot of Stissy Julie's programs. Does a lot of documentaries in general himself. He was amazing. I met he. I met. I emailed him on like a Monday. He emailed me back two hours later and was like, "Are you free tomorrow? De- tomorrow at midday?" Wow. And I, was like, oh my God, what? and I had a full job on, and I just phoned in sick. It was so bad. Um, but I was like, <laughs> I got to do it. I got Yeah, I got a ticket. So yeah. I went and met him. We sat for three hours and we just talked about me and my ideas and what I wanted to do, and we made a documentary. But I have to say. We came up with the idea two and a half years ago. Wow. We came up with the idea two and a half years ago and then we thought of the idea, we thought how to work the idea. We then shot a not pilot, we kind of shot a teaser, three minute teaser. We pitched it to the BBC. They were like, oh, we like this, but like, we like her, but why now? Like, I don't really get it. It then went dead in the water for nine months. I would email every week, Ollie, who's Mickey's right-hand guy, Ollie Smith, he's amazing. Um, He had to bear me messaging him every week, being like, any news, any news, any news? And um, nothing for like eight or nine months. Eight or nine months. Mm -hmm. At that point, did you feel like this isn't going to happen anymore? No. You still thought, yeah, it's still going to happen? It's going to happen. I am a huge believer in the power of timing. So I was like, it will happen. It's just about when it's going to happen. But also I then took it into my own hands. So I find an event online. There's This is a thing, and I say this to every creative person or every person in general. London is littered with events and networking opportunities and talks and Mm. ways to connect. You have to go. If you don't go, you're not going to find people to talk Mm. to. So I just went to, there was an event, it was like Meet the Commissioner. Um, it was like Meet the BBC Three Commissioner. And I was like, oh, this would be good to go to. And it was on a wait list. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to get in. And then last minute I got off the wait list and I got a ticket. I went and I he did a whole talk about what they're looking for, whatever. And I just thought to myself, if I just get 20 seconds with him at mm-hmm. the end, just so he knows my name, just grab him at the end. I grabbed him at the end and was like, hi, like I've got an idea that we pitched to you, but it's a bit dead in the water. Like, can you help? And I just like said it really quickly. And he was like, uh, who was it? And I was like, oh, Mickey. And he was like, oh, I love Mickey. And I was like, yeah, great. I really, like, I really want this idea to work. And he was like, I don't, he was like, I get thousands of ideas. Yeah. Have Mickey email me and then we'll like retrack. Yeah. So Mickey emailed him the next day and was like, I passed my mate yesterday. We really want to get this idea off the ground. And within three weeks it was commissioned. Wow. But if I hadn't have gone to that, I'd probably still be waiting. Be waiting. Yeah. Whoa. But I, you know. That is amazing. I kept taking it into my own hands. 
You know, I was like, yeah. okay, you know what? I'm going to keep make. I'm going to make this work. Mm. This is my idea. This is my dream. This is my thing. Mm. I want to do this. So I did. I just was like, I'm not going to give up. You were so fearless, though. Yeah, fearless. No, because like I'm just Honestly. thinking. And I don't know why though. Like we mm. just get so scared. We like mm. we're just so concerned of oh, how are they gonna see me? Is he gonna? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is he just gonna be rude to me? And it's like okay, yeah. if he's if he was rude, so what? So what? <laughs> yeah. My thing is with the whole thing is that like I if I don't try, what's worse than what's worse than not trying? Trying? What? It doesn't yeah, make it any doesn't sense. sense. Yeah. Like if the worst thing that happens is that they don't reply or that you don't they don't like you or they don't like the idea then cool you move well, on yeah. but at least then I can cancel that out as an option as opposed to just waiting, and uh, waiting no and one waiting. no one is going to give you what you want mm. you have to go and get it yeah this is, we are not in a day and age where you can do that yeah so I was like I'm gonna get it like wow I'm gonna try and don't get me wrong I am until this day like what is going on what's happening what's going on like I only watched my documentary last week for the first time Mm -hmm. and I literally was like sitting there and I was just thinking oh my god wait what did I just do that like I just I just filmed a documentary and it hadn't sunk in like we went away we've been working on it for however long and it was a whole thing and we were in post-production I'd been doing all this voiceover stuff for it and I just hadn't thought about it and then me and Mickey and my director Jess, we sat down and on Ollie and we just, I watched it and it was too long, it was like an hour, but the first cut and I just thought to myself, wow, I just filmed a documentary. You filmed a documentary. I filmed a documentary. And you have no degree in journalism. No, not a single. I had no experience. And And no no experience. experience. These are like the two things Mm -hmm. that would stop anyone from saying, I'm going to do a documentary. Mm -hmm. I have to say, though, I have to say that the reason I was sort of known is that, and this is for women primarily, the BBC every year run a program called Women in TV mm. and they get 20 women, 20 or 30 women of all ages, all walks of life, whatever, whatever, if you have an idea. They put it online that they were looking for new women and I, uh, the t- categories of things they needed were like politics, finance, science. And I was like, I'm freaking working fashion. Yeah. I don't know why I would apply to this. But I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just try. Mm-hmm. I'll just say, maybe I'll talk about diversity in fashion. It's so- sort of like political-ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did a 30-second tape. I sent it. And out of, I think it was about two and a half, two and a half thousand women that applied I got chosen out of the twenty and wow. out of the 25 other girls and I remember saying to the woman I was like why did you choose me she was like because it didn't really matter what you were saying it's just that you said it with passion mm. so I didn't really care what you had to say I just mm. liked that you were saying something yeah and again with that I just had to shoot my shot I was like you know I'm gonna try and from that that lent me on to being on the BBC database which means Meghan Merkel got engaged to Harry so I they phoned me mm-hmm. to go online and, you know, Women's Hour needed a woman to talk about Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I went online and talked about that. Mm-hmm. So I think that I kept grasping opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then when I was connected with different people, I would keep pitching. So even with Women's Hour, I constantly, if I think of an idea, she said to me, she was like, think of an idea, e- email me first thing in the morning. And if I can get you on, I'll get you on. So I just keep I keep generating ideas and as a creative you have to keep generating ideas never sit on one idea Mm, don't get stuck no you don't Don't ever get stuck like that's why the advice that I got at drama school 
was like the worst piece of advice silly. that anyone could ever give this because so I spent the first few years after leaving drama school thinking there's nothing else that I can do. And the only thing that changed me was when my dad said to me after a day I came back home and had heard I hadn't booked yet another job. Mm. And I was just so sad yeah. and just was like, oh my gosh, I'm meant to be a movie yeah. star by now. What is going yeah, on? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And my dad said to me, he looked at me, sat me down in the kitchen and he said to me, do you know what? Everything that is really important in our lives, like God like God gave us two of everything. Mm -hmm. Like in terms of the anything, let me start again. Anything that is really like vital mm -hmm. on our body mm -hmm. that we need, mm -hmm. God gave us more than one. Yeah. So we've got two eyes, yeah. we've got two hands, we've yeah. got two feet, yeah. we've got, you know, two ears. Yeah. So he was like, so why would you think that God will only give you one talent mm -hmm to make it in this world. And I sat down agree. and I thought, yeah, like yeah. why would I think that the only thing that could bring me success is acting? No person Wh is one dimensional. Do you know what I mean? Like why yeah. would I think that? Why would I think that there's no way I can do other things mm -hmm. that can still lead to yeah. acting? Yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That yeah, was still, yeah. it all comes together, uh -huh. you know? And it's just crazy. Like imagine you just said, do you know what? I'm just gonna be a fashion assistant yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break out until someone tells me that it's okay to break out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or I don't have a, a, a degree in journalism and I have no experience, but I've got this documentary, but why don't I just give it to my friend right. who's a right. journalist and right. maybe they can do it instead. Right. Do you know what I mean? But instead you put yourself on, you're like, you know what? I wanna be a presenter. Yeah. I wanna do this. So I'm gonna put myself out there and I'm gonna do it. And as a creative that's what you have to do. You yeah. literally just have to put yourself out there and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, and this is literally. the thing. And that's what I did. I literally. put it out there and was like, and I, I hope for the best. And yeah. if this doesn't work out, at least I tried. But sometimes, and sometimes it, you will get a no. Yeah. You know, sometimes I got you won't, loads of no's. You won't book it, you know. Oh my God, I met so many agents. I met so many production companies. I met so many stylists. I met so many people that were like, nice to meet you mm -hmm. and I never heard from them again yeah it this has been such a hard journey yeah and it doesn't by any means it it's not a fairy tale like I still I'm struggling financially I'm still thinking okay great I shot this documentary but what else am I doing what am I going to do next how mm. am I going to I don't actually have another project kind of do kind of don't for next year the the anxiety doesn't leave yeah the anxiety of like what next will never go as a freelancer and as a creative. Mm -hmm. It's just about using that anxiety and channeling it mm -hmm. into your craft. Right. Never sitting down and just being like, I give up. You can never really give up as a creative and you can never give up as a freelancer. Yeah, yeah. You Fact. give up, but you've got nothing. Yeah, I mean, so you've, you've done this documentary yeah. and it's um, it's about going back home yeah. and living the life you would have lived if you hadn't have left. Yeah, so I basically go back to where I was born, which is Saudi Arabia, and I basically go back there and see if I could live the life I would have had had I not left. Uh, and what was that actually like being there? Because it's one thing to get it, it's commissioned now, it's done. Yeah, but what was done, the process yeah. actually like of actually being back home and... It was interesting. I mean, I haven't been there since I was three. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a bit of a... Um, it's a bit of a whirlwind, but my aunts live there. Mm -hmm. um, so I went and stayed with them and they are amazing and you know as ethnics and as Africans yeah. you're raised by you're raised by the community you're not just raised by your mum yeah. and dad so yeah. it was really nice to sort of see my extra mums mm -hmm. and I don't want to say too much because I don't want to let it yeah you know, don't give it away too much but it was 
Just um, you as a person, what was it like? It was that experience for you, like it was actually overwhelming. Okay, but super enjoyable. Mm. Like I, oh, it sounds so obnoxious, but I actually feel like I was always meant to be on screen. Mm. I when I'm when I'm shooting something, when I'm filming something, like. I feel like I come alive and I feel like I... It's not obnoxious at all. Well, I don't want to be like, I'm made for TV. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you I feel don't think like made you're... For it, but... No, but if it's like you just feel it means that you're walking in your purpose. Yeah, I feel like it's my purpose. Yeah, that's... And I feel like myself and I feel like I flourish and mm. I feel like I... I just love that feeling. The nervousness mm. I get when the camera goes up and I'm like there and I'm asked something on screen. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love that. This is the thing. I think nervous energy is really, really important to have. Mm-hmm. But there's different types of nervous energy. And there's nervous like, I hate this, I don't want to do it. And there's nervous like, this is literally excitement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get a buzz from it. I get such a buzz from it. I so if anything, even from being in Saudi, yeah, that was a crazy experience in itself. But actually the buzz of filming was amazing. Mm. I love, I love filming. I love that. And I didn't know that I would love it until I did it. And I think, again, as a creative, how do you know you love something until you do it? I mean, you're literally just coming up with these quotes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like these one-liners because it's so true. Like, how would you know if you enjoy something unless you try it? Yeah, you don't. And you that's don't. why you just have to try it. As yeah. a creative, like you could just be at home right now listening to this and you're just chilling. Mm. But it's like, what you could there's always something you can do like that idea you have just do it just do it and if it doesn't if it doesn't work out and if and you don't like it or someone doesn't like it or like whatever else so cool move on to the next thing but we live in a world now we are so lucky in this day and age that we have the ability to choose and be whoever we want to be we didn't have that when we were growing up it had to be like choose your path choose your career and go now we live in a social media era and we live everything's open the internet is there and it allows you to just do whatever you want yeah whatever you want and I just think Mm. if you're scared you're then only stopping yourself Mm. and also no one's going to do it for you no no one's going to this is my biggest thing no one is going to make you a star you got to make yourself a star Mm. So if you if you aren't gonna do it, best believe you'll be sitting on your bum waiting. Like no one's gonna do it for you. Yeah, that's real. I felt that (laughs) 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 because it's it's real. You know, it's it's so real. And I'm you know I'm super inspired by your journey. You you know, just hearing it. Try. You've just got to try. Hearing all the steps. You know, it's it's inspiring. Really inspiring. Um, I think just to like round up, I just want to ask you. What? How was your year? What's the what? What can you use a word? Because I use my word. <laughs> what was your word again? Arduous. Arduous. Oh, what? What does it mean again? Difficult. <laughs> I think my year was arduous too. Yeah. It has been one of the toughest years of my life. Yeah. It's. I mean, yeah. I have a fantastic career highs. I filmed a documentary, mm-hmm. but other than that, I have been through it. I've yeah. been through illnesses, through deaths, through breakups, through house wow. moves, through you know family troubles. It's been a very, very, very difficult year. And I actually sat down. I actually last night. I actually thought to myself, like, how did you get through that? Yeah. How did you do that? Yeah. Like I'm even shocked at myself that I managed to get to the end of this year I survived it exactly and that just it just goes to show you that you know a lot of the time we're a lot stronger than we think we are yeah 
Exactly. And yeah. I think that actually my biggest thing, and I always think to get through hardship, is that I have, I'm a very sunshine and showers kind of personality. Yeah. I'm either up or I'm down. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> if I'm down, I get really, really down. Yeah. But then I also, I'm never down for longer than 48 hours. Mm. After 48 hours, I'm usually like, Basma, get over yourself. Yeah. And that was another thing I learned in drama school. Yeah. Actually, you know, they said, you know, if you're feeling bad and you're feeling sorry for yourself, you've got 48 hours. 48 hours. Deal with it. Be upset. Yeah. Cry. Yeah. Tell yourself, oh, I'm a horrible actor. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Yeah. And deal with all of that. And then you get you get up and get you're up. like, all right, cool. Yeah, get what up. What are we doing? Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I do. Is yeah. I always, I feel, I, I, of course, I sit down and I'm like, poor me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. But I never feel hard done by. Mm. I also am a big believer that, you know, the wor- the universe and God gives you what you can handle. Yeah, so, that's the same. God has literally been yeah, the you, thing that's carried, like God has been the person that has carried me. Yeah. Person? How do you? God has been the. <laughs> I don't even know. How yeah, how would it. you? Okay, God has carried me. Yeah, That's God's how carried God you. has exactly. carried me throughout this whole year and given me the strength that I've needed to but survive. But also, the strength that we have within ourselves, you'd be surprised how much you can handle as a human until you're given it to yeah. handle. Yeah. And I don't by any means think that my life isn't going to get it any easier. It's not going to get easier. And things are going to be sent to try us all. But I just think that if you really want it and if you Mm. really, really want to do something with yourself, it's about believing your own hype, first of all. Mm. And it's about believing in your own power. Mm. I like that. I know I'm powerful. Yeah. I just didn't know how to use it. And I still don't know how to use it. And maybe I'll never know how to use it. Yeah. But that might be my journey Mm. in learning how to use it. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a very, 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 very strong <laughs> statement. Because it's funny, like, when people talk about believe in your own hype, like, I've always kind of seen it as a double-sided coin. Like, okay, believe in your own hype to be confident in yourself. But then the other side is don't get too um, gassed up by the things that people say about you yeah. when it gets to a point that it's only hype if people are saying it, but you don't, does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, that if yeah. people are like, oh, my days, Pasma, you are smashing it, da, 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 da. But then if you have a season where no one's telling you mm-hmm. that, but you're still working mm-hmm. hard and you're still doing what you need to do, mm-hmm. you may not, because you're not hearing that hype anymore, yeah. you might feel like you're not achieving anything anymore. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so it's I like, agree. I don't, I don't like to get too caught up in the hype that people give me. Yeah, I'm. But the I'm, the, I'm exactly the same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm exactly the same. I'm telling myself, okay, Rita, you're smashing it. Yeah. Whether someone else is yeah. telling me or not. But that's good of you to even do that because I'm even. That's probably my worst personality trait. Is I never ever congratulate myself. No, I uh, put up an Instagram to. the other day, and the first time I was because I just watched the first cut, and I was like, hey, like, well done to you. Mm-hmm. But I never, I've never done that for myself. Yeah, Everything no, I've been hard. through, yeah, I've never it's been hard. like you did it well. Hard. It is no, it's 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 hard. But like I said, this year it, yeah. it has taught me so much, and you just have to get to that point where you just have to say, do you know what? Yo, we survived. We survived. Do you know what I mean? So congratulations, just for well, that. We didn't even survive. We also killed it. Yeah, and that's important. Yeah. This isn't this. This life isn't just about survival. Yeah, it's about living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 
<laughs> yeah, there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to think about. <laughs> a lot to think about. <laughs> but um, I just want to like just thank you so much no for problem. coming on today and being really open and no transparent problem. because that's what this is about. It's yeah. about openness and yeah. you know candid conversation so yeah i guess we won't be back till next year because it's the end of yes. 2018 Holidays. and thank you guys for listening i hope you felt inspired and i guess get right in man write down what you want to achieve next year and remain focused and i believe that 2019 is literally going to be an epic year for us all oh my god it's gonna be so good it's gonna be a great so excited. year a yeah. great year so fasten your seat belts and get ready for like Ooh. the ride of your lives but um yeah thank you guys for listening <laughs> and bye-bye <laughs>